coming up on this episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. What do rednecks and entitlement have in common? Well, people with these conditions both let off telltale signs. Today, we're going to talk about what signs and symptoms to look for so you can recognize entitlement when you see it. We'll also talk about how entitlement actually isn't something new to society. It is just more prevalent. In fact, chances are your grandma and grandpa knew darn well what this thing was and how to prevent it. Money Pants is the only app on the market that claims it can cure entitlement. We'll talk about how exactly Money Pants provides a remedy to all the nasty symptoms of entitlement. And we'll talk about the differences of needs and wants, and as a bonus, share the one medical expense every teen should pay for themselves. All this and more, but first, the joke of the day. A farm worker greets Joseph Stalin at his potato farm. Comrade Stalin, we have so many potatoes that piled on top of one another, they would reach all the way to God. The farmer excitedly tells his leader, but God does not exist, replies Stalin. Exactly, replies the farmer, neither do the potatoes. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Money Pants Superpower Hour. We're your hosts, Hannah and Fontaine Judd, and we're the proud parents of eight sons and seven daughters, ranging in age from toddler to college student. We're both BYU graduates and the creators of Money Pants. Head on over to CaptainMoneyPants.com to learn more about what we do and what we're all about. We believe every person on this planet has been given at least one superpower to help them accomplish their unique mission in life. But the only way to unlock those superpowers is through work ethic. That's when greatness happens. And that's where Money Pants comes in. Money Pants is the complete tool set for cultivating work ethic in all aspects of a person's life. And today, our topic is entitlement. Hannah, we talk a lot about entitlement. We even say that Money Pants is the, the app that cures entitlement. But I think it's time to clearly define what entitlement is. We wanted to talk about what is entitlement, how Money Pants helps cure it, or actually prevent it in the first place. And so... I was thinking it might be a good idea to start off, how can you detect entitlement? And I think the, the comedian Jeff Foxworthy has a great routine where he talks about how you detect a redneck. And I thought, oh, well, that, that's kind of a good lead-in because, you know, he's like, if you own a home that's mobile and 14 cars that aren't, you might be a redneck. If you take your dog for a walk and you both use the tree at the corner, you might be a redneck. If you refer to the fifth grade as my senior year, <laughs> you might be a redneck. And if you see a sign that says, say no to crack, and it reminds you to pull up your jeans, you might be a redneck. And if you're mowing your lawn and discover a car, you might be a redneck. <laughs> well, likewise, just like Jeff Foxworthy has ways of detecting whether or not you're a redneck, well, there are signs for detecting whether or not someone is is entitled. And there are, there are actually 10. And so the format of this podcast is actually pretty straightforward. We're going to talk about the 10 signs to detect whether or not someone is entitled. And then we're going to come up with a kind of a working definition of what entitlement means. And, and just a very simple the definition that we can, we can work with. And then we're going to discuss each one of those 10 signs 
and how Money Pants counteracts or or helps resolve each and every one of them. So yeah, and the these ten signs we pulled most of it from an article that appeared on VeryWellMind.com, which is an online psychology community. So yeah. and we we've we've modified them a so little bit. It, this isn't like something you know. Oh, we're making this up. This is this is kind of what's recognized as hey, you know, these are the symptoms. These of- are the, the psychological uh, <laughs> symptoms or signs. Of someone who's entitled. Yeah. So, number one, and we'll just we'll, let's just plow through these. Anna. Number one, someone who's entitled, they don't know how to work or actually do anything for themselves. I mean, maybe that seem, maybe these seem like a no brainer, but that's a big one. Someone who's entitled actually doesn't know how to work. They are not self sufficient, and because of that, they don't have they don't have any confidence. And basically, but the weird thing is, is they have almost this arrogance about them. So they're like they're like a leech, but they're like an arrogant leech where they can't actually do anything but they expect well we'll talk about that in a second, but they're but they expect other stuff for it. So it's like when you're in college and you have you know that it's where it's glaringly obvious where you have roommates who have never mopped a floor, yeah. never cleaned a bathroom, don't know how to do the dishes but expect you the roommate to do it for them. Yeah. Or and, or, or, or worse, they expect it to magically happen. Yeah. They've never cleaned a bathroom in their life. They don't know how to, but they get upset if it's dirty. It's like, well, who did you yeah. expect to clean it? The, the the bathroom cleaning fairy? Anyway, so a couple of examples uh, would be like first graders who don't know how to buckle their own seatbelts, you know, because mom's always done it or dad's always done it. They don't, which by the time you're in first grade, what are you, six, seven years yeah. old? Like, and I mean, now they've changed it where it's a car seat. That's a little trickier, but even so, they should know how to do some things for themselves. Seeing as, old my, enough. seeing as my three-year-old knows how to do this, <laughs> by the time you're seven, yeah, yeah. you should definitely know this. Um, another example would be um, when my daughter was in about four or five years old, her two friends came over and uh, my daughter asked, hey, can I make some popcorn? I said, absolutely. So she went in the kitchen, put in the, you know, the cup of popcorn and turned the popcorn popcorn maker on you know plugged it in that's how you turn it on and her and popped some popcorn and then um, melted some butter and and put it on top and her friends were just like mom she makes her own popcorn the son came in and said the mom she makes her own popcorn why can i not make my popcorn she wait she may have been in kindergarten at that Mm -hmm. point but but the thing was is the other kid was like you do everything for us i want to be able he he was rebelling against yeah he was rebelling against having somebody do everything for him he wanted to have that capacity Another example uh, would be I, I talked to uh, somebody who was a church leader of, of young single adult men, and he noted that there were these single guys, that a problem that he's dealing with is entitlement in that there are all these single guys living in their parents' basement and, you know, not going to school, playing video games all day. Don't have and jobs. not applying themselves, no plans for the future. And but really not doing anything. And he'd say, "Hey, uh, we're going to be doing this service project. Can you help out?" This leader would approach these yeah. single young men living in the basement. Yeah, and they would just be like, oh, "We're too busy to do that. Ask somebody else." And but that that's the same sort of where they don't actually know how to work because they've and, never been required to work. They're not working now, but they also 
expect other people to do everything else. Somebody else will do that. Right, right. So that's that's kind of the gist of that. So that's number one. Is if you if you don't know how to work or actually do anything for yourself, you might just be entitled. Number two, people who are entitled can't distinguish between needs and wants. Oh, this is a big one, Hannah, because people with a sense of entitlement have a problem distinguishing something that they want versus something that they need. They actually don't know the difference. And th- this makes it, it makes it very difficult for them to, ha- to, to make healthy, sound decisions because th- they constantly want more than they need. They, they, don't, they don't differentiate even. So I think a good example would be, you know, the little girl at the, at the checkout line, and I've actually experienced this, where right behind me, a little girl in the checkout line, and they had these like $8 or $15 little keychain dingle thing. I don't even know what they are. They're just the things that you attach to your keychain. It was stupid. It was chintzy, and it was like a little bear or a little tiny painted bear or something that you would clip to your keychain. And the little girl behind me, I don't know, maybe 12, pulled it off. And this is a checkout line, so it's way overpriced. This is the impulse purchase stuff. She pulls it off the rack and goes, Daddy, buy this for me. And he goes, I'm not buying that. It was like $12. And he's like, it's like 50 cents. I'm not buying that for you. And she goes, Daddy, buy it for me. He's like, no, I'm not buying it for me. Buying it for you. And this little girl threw a tantrum. And got really upset and goes, you never buy me anything and you don't love me. It was it made a big scene because her dad wouldn't buy her this little trinket to the point where she's like, but I need it. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute here, time out. You need this stupid little trink, overpriced trinket in the checkout line? Really? So if you don't, and here's the problem. People who are entitled, they think, they truly believe that if they don't get it, that the world's going to explode. That... They, they are, they're going to die if they don't have this thing. They've somehow deluded themselves into this belief that it's so necessary that they need it. But really, would this little girl die if she didn't have that little trinket? <laughs> um, pretty sure not. Like, pretty sure there are other things that are much more likely to kill you, like not eating or not well, drinking. It's, it's, um, it's actually manipulative when you say you need something and in reality you want it. And it's manipulative as we discussed. But I think she was delusional. Yeah, I really yeah, think she need, I really do the, think she needed it. Yeah, but when you manipulate other people, uh, you say the word, I need it, right. when really you want it. It's, it isn't a necessity to your life or your, you know, your ability to function. It's, it's a want. It's a nice thing that you want. But when you start using the word need, when really it's a want, it's a lie, but you can start believing that lie. And if you're entitled, you have fully bought into that lie. You, mm-hmm. and you don't need a movie ticket. You don't need... A new car. You don't need designer you, you clothes. You would like it, yeah. but you it don't is, need it. It is not a necessity. It is not a need. So if you can't distinguish between wants and needs, you might just be entitled. Number three, people who are entitled feel they deserve more than what they have in life. So regardless of what they have, they always they always believe they, they deserve more. They deserve this. And they expect to elevate their lifestyle above that of others without putting in the effort needed to do so. And so I, I think a good, good example, I saw a news story a few years ago where there was a young man who got shot and killed while robbing his neighbor. And the news crew was interviewing this thief's cousin. And this, this thief's cousin was like, well, he was a good kid. And, and then this was the thing that was so interesting to me. She goes, 
how is he supposed to get his money to buy clothes for school? I was like, uh, excuse me, what? What was that? Did I hear that right? And I had to play it back. I'm like, uh, yeah, how is he supposed to get his how, money? How was he, the thief, supposed to get his money to buy clothes for school? Um, I don't know, by working like everybody else? Instead, she was justifying in her mind that he deserved somebody else's money. That it was his money. Their money was his money. And it was his right to go and rob somebody of their money that they had worked hard for. And it turned out it was this elderly woman who didn't have an income and was living off of retirement. And it's like, what? it was so messed up. But this kid and his cousin, for that matter, felt like they deserved more than what they have. And they didn't actually have to work for it. So if you feel like you deserve more than what you have in life, you might just be entitled. Number four, people who are entitled are not grateful for what they have in life. And I guess this is just a corollary to the previous one where they feel like they deserve more because, and they're not grateful for what they have. You know, someone with a sense of entitlement may, may not even say thank you or show other signs of appreciation for what they have. It's because they believe it's their right to have everything. So they don't value anything. If they don't appreciate, like, like somebody who has an unlimited supply of something doesn't appreciate it. Think about air. When was the last time you're like, wow, I sure I'm grateful for air. You don't think about it because it's everywhere and it's free and you can just ah, breathe. Well, unfortunately, that's kind of the entitlement mentality that everything that they have, they deserve and that, 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 that they are owed these things. And so, um, the- well, uh, one example of this was my daughter had a classmate who had turned 16, and for her 16th birthday, her parents bought her a car. And so she was talking about this at lunch, only she wasn't talking about how excited she was. Instead, she was furious. The classmate? Yeah, the classmate who got the car for her birthday was furious. And it was a brand new car. The classmate was angry. It wasn't a used car. It wasn't a hand-me-down car. It was a brand new car her parents had bought her and surprised her on her birthday. And she was furious because they had gotten her the wrong color car. Oh, brother. <laughs> what? This girl was, <laughs> this classmate was angry because she, not because she got a new car, but because it was the wrong color? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, so instead of having, being grateful for it, she was ticked off at her parents. And I, I've noticed that it's funny. A lot of times you think like as a parent, you think, oh, you know, I'm going to do these things for my kids and they'll appreciate it and whatever. And I found that once, no. <laughs> once they're, especially when they're teenagers, once they're old enough to do things for themselves, I notice that if I like, for example, wake up early and I make breakfast and I make lunch for them and I give them rides and things like that, that they start complaining about it. I don't like this for breakfast. I don't. Uh, you're. I don't want to have to wait for why did, you. Why, why did you why, add nuts? Why didn't you pick me up on time? Oh. And you know things like that. We're like, I've been waiting for like five minutes. Why didn't you pick me up? And it happens like really fast. And what's funny is I've noticed that if I instead say, hey, you know, make sure you make yourself lunch or, you know, and uh, hey, you got to ride your bike to work. You got to ride your bike to school and stuff like that. Then if I pick them up or whatever, then they're super grateful. And we'll talk. We'll talk about that. And how, yeah. to, how to deal with these in a minute? Yeah. But. So so it's it's funny if if you want more gratitude, do less. Yeah. You know. Well, no, because when they're when mm. when they deserve everything and they have this mentality that they deserve everything and they're always given everything, they do. They become they become ungrateful 
and entitled and they take everything well, for usually, granted. And there there are exceptions I'm, to that yeah, I should, because right, I, I, right. I have had kids who I made them breakfast and and they, they were always, were always grateful. Yeah. Even though they were perfectly capable, they were at the age where they were perfectly capable of doing it themselves, they continued to be grateful. And, and that's impressive, but human nature is that the more, you know... It, things are given to you all the time, you start to lose appreciation for the work and effort that went into it. And what happens though is they end up- And you start thinking you deserve it. Well, no, and they they start becoming greedy and they will take, like I said, everything for granted, including relationships. Just think about the implications of that real quick, where how are they going to be as a future spouse or as a future husband or a future wife or a future employee or a future employer if they just take everybody for granted- it won't end well. So that's number four. If if you're not grateful for what you have in life, <laughs> you might be entitled. Number five, people who are entitled feel like people should do things for them because of who they are or how much money or power they have and that the rules don't apply to them. Enti- let, me, let me make sure this is clear. People who are entitled feel like everyone should do everything else for them and that the rules don't apply to them. So, they, and especially if they've reached a certain level of success, and we see this all the time, they feel that everyone should bend over backward to help them. And I watched a great video, um, a channel called Veritasium, where a guy talks about this phenomenon of people who are successful, not all people who are successful, but a surprisingly large portion of people who are successful think it's all them. And they totally discount luck or any other factors outside of their control. And they think, well, I worked harder than the other people and that's why I'm at the top. And it's a really easy mentality to to adopt. And you've got to find ways to keep yourself humble and find ways to realize that it's not, that you don't live in a vacuum and that nobody is 100% responsible for anything. And that maybe, just maybe, your success is contingent on other factors you haven't even considered. Anyway, great, great video. Veritasium, I think it's called, is success luck or hard work or something like that. And I think it just brings up a great point. You know, it kind of reminded me of, uh, who is it that said, like, when people become famous or rich for the first two years? I think it was Bill Murray. Bill Murray? I may be wrong. I I think that's right. Yeah. What did he say? He said, when people become rich and famous, they have a two-year stretch where they are just colossal jerks. They can't help it. It's just, it happens to everyone. Everyone who becomes rich and famous, they become a colossal jerk for two years. Now, you have basically that two-year period where you're a jerk. You're going to decide whether you're going to stay a jerk or you're going to become cool. And he's like, I'm surprised how many people <laughs> just stay with the jerk route. Because you, you, there's only two ways to go. After you become a jerk, either you're going to stay that way or you're going to figure it out and, and not be that way. That, that, those are the only two options. But he, he said it was universal. Everybody he's ever met who became rich and famous. <laughs> All right. Well, if I ever become rich and famous, I... You're going to go through a two-year stretch just, where we're going to be... Just, just tune me out for two years. Colossally and so annoying. <laughs> yeah, we will. Yeah, that's just how it is. That's how everybody Crud. is. So, oh. but here, what if there's a way to avoid that? According to him, there's not. It just it's, That's how it is. You can't help it. And you get, you know, you, you get you get a great position at a, at a company and you're like this highfalutin <sighs> boss person or whatever. You're a jerk. You just become a jerk for two years. If so. someone And here's the thing, though, is these people, if someone has a problem with them or does not agree with what they are doing, these people will try to make the other party feel as if they are wrong and that it is a horrible thing to disagree with them. 
So, and I think the easiest example would be, it used to be, and I remember this as a kid all the time, you know, it was the, the rich jerk in the Mercedes in a traffic jam and they would pull on the side of the shoulder, you know, and pass everybody by and jump to the front of the line. That was, that was the classic entitled jerk, rich person move. Now it's not even that anymore. Now it's not even rich people. It's just random people. It could be the dude in the old beater Ford who's pulling in front of everybody because he feels like his time is more valuable than everybody else who's waiting in line. It's this mentality that the rules don't apply to them. That's a classic entitled mentality. Very easy to spot. So if you feel like people should do things for you because of who you are or how much power you have or that the rules don't apply to you, you might just be entitled. Okay. Number six, entitled people think they deserve special treatment because they're better than other people. And this goes hand in hand with the previous one of, well, you should, you should serve me and, do, and back kowtow to me because of how great I am. Well, it's because, number six, they, these entitled people deserve special treatment because they are better. They truly believe they are somehow, they are better than other people. And I watched a great, great video years ago, Hannah, about the Indian guy who was really upending societal norms where he would go around and he would do service for anybody and everybody. It didn't matter, and I can't remember all the terms, but some some people in India, they, they have the caste system there, the class, all the different classes, and he was upper class, and his class wasn't supposed to even look at, speak, let alone touch the lower class, the, the untouchables, I think they're called. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and he was like, I'm not doing that. And he goes off to say, you know, everybody, everybody's, everybody's a person. It doesn't matter uh, the color of their skin or their social status or... Uh, they're rich or they're poor. Does not matter. Everybody's a person, and I'm going to help them if they need help. And he would go out every day, and he'd cook food for them, and he would go and find them. He'd, he'd hydrate them. He would um, go help them bathe, get, bathe and, and shower. And it was. Yeah. And some of these people were clearly there was something like physically and mentally wrong with these people he was serving. Didn't matter. And it was very touching. This guy where he he, he didn't buy into the mentality that he was raised with. By the way, that he was better than other people. He didn't buy into that. But entitled people do. Entitled people think that they deserve special treatment because they're better than other people. And they, they believe they, they should get preferential treatment and special favors in life without, without regard for why they should be treated specially. It's just their view is the world owes me. So, for example, you know, they might feel that the policies of an organization should not apply to them because they should be treated with special favors. Again, kind of going back into the rules don't apply to them mentality of the previous previous one. And I, I think of, I had a coworker who was kind of like this. He was, okay, I, I worked with some really talented editors in Hollywood. This one editor in particular would always jump ahead. We'd be finishing up the previous show and he would jump ahead to the next show Always under the 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 guys that he was. Oh, I was. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a head start. So we're we're ahead. But in reality, he would jump ahead so he could cherry pick the easiest scenes to cut. And and what would happen was he would choose the best scenes and the easiest scenes. So his stuff would not only be done faster, but it would be better and more enjoyable to watch. Whereas the rest of us, we would have to have spend our time. We'd have the leftovers, and we'd have to really work hard to craft scenes and storylines that may not have been as easy as this guy had already cherry-picked. And he, this guy, this guy was entitled. Because he, he was on a team working with three other editors yep. and 
And but it was all about making him his job easy and making himself look good yep. and and it did and impressing the bosses. Yeah, and, and his stuff always turned out great. And yeah. he was always done before we were, and it was very frustrating because it's like, um, dude, I don't want to be on your team because you're not a team player. You're you're just kind of a you're kind of a meanie head. So well, um, another example I can think of is we had a, a business partner years back and the business partner told us that his time was worth way more than he our actually, time. He actually told us that. Like I've seen yeah. people who had that mentality that I'm better than you or I'm more valuable than you, but I've never but, actually had somebody tell it yeah, to me. Yeah, he, he kept telling us that, no, 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 an hour of your time is not worth an hour of my time. <laughs> um, and and he made ridiculous claims like, oh, people pay me $20,000 to- For my brilliance. For my advice and for to an hour in, of my time. To be in the time. same room with me because of my greatness. Yeah, and so- <laughs> Which and is so, a laughable lie because in reality, he didn't make a dime. So what was terrible was- it, it was, we had to do all the work. We had to put forth all the money and all for an hour of his time yeah. type of thing where where he didn't see himself as an equal, as an equal at all. And and so it was, it, it was not a good relationship. It was not a healthy working relationship. No. And it's not somebody I would ever work with, work with again, because, because there was, it was like entitlement to the extreme. And I hope we're not triggering anybody out there and in the audience land where they're like, that's my coworker, that's my boss. Like, I hope this isn't (laughs) triggering because I think this this is very common. These entitled mentalities are very common. And I hope I'm not upsetting anybody by going over these and and triggering them, going, giving people PTSD. Oh my gosh, that was my last job. But it's, it's very. Very common. So, and that, so well, I guess anybody who like it, 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 people who are willing to take advantage of other people without any thought of like their well being or their situation, their family, or the you know, anytime people are willing to take advantage of other people, it's it's entitlement. It's yeah. I'm well, that's all that's that very, matters. That's very, all that matters is me. Yep. And, and well, that's the very next one. So, number six was. You know, if you think you deserve special treatment because you're better than other people, hmm, you might just be entitled. And that's a very dangerous mentality. But number seven, which you just mentioned, Hannah, is entitled people uh, feel that their personal needs come before everyone else's needs. Of course it would, because they're better. They're more important, right? And so if you need something, you know, don't expect an entitled person to drop what they're doing and help you because they're not going to. They believe it's your job to ensure that they have everything they need even if it means you don't have time to take care of your own responsibilities. And, and again, a great example would be oh, you're at the- No, 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 no. This one happened to me is uh, I was a young mom and I was grocery shopping with my two kids and I do a lot of grocery shopping, but I was in line and somebody just, it, I'd been waiting in line for a long time and somebody just came along and put their stuff on the, th- the thing ahead of me. And I said, oh, excuse me, I'm in line. And, and they said, oh, um, I just have a couple things and I'm in a hurry. So you'll let me go ahead, right? <laughs> and, no. and I'm like, you know what? If they had asked me, I would have said yes. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're not as important that's as the me. Epi- that's the embodiment of entitlement I right just, there. That's the epitome of entitlement ooh. right there, Hannah. That's perfect. That is the epitome of entitlement yeah. right there. Didn't ask. Weren't polite. Yeah. I'm better yeah. than you. And, and most I'm more people, important than you. Most people our age, 
would ask mm-hmm. and do ask. And I've been asked many times and I've offered many times, hey, you want to go ahead of me? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not in a hurry right now. Sometimes I am and I don't offer. But for the most part, you know, that's something that I, I would be obliging to. But when they think they deserve it. Yeah, that's it. That's the, that's, that's, the, that's the embodiment of entitlement. Yeah, right all of a sudden it's like, mm, nope. That they deserve to go you, first. You can wait as long as I waited. So, so <laughs> for your turn. If your personal needs come before everyone else's needs, mm, you might just be entitled. Okay, number eight. People who are entitled, uh, when someone doesn't give in to their demands, they will cause a big scene. They will throw a tantrum. And I mentioned that a couple of minutes ago with the little girl at the at the store where dad wouldn't buy her the $12 overpriced bear trinket, whatever. And she started throwing a tantrum right there in the store, right in front of everybody. Well, what happens is when people are entitled, that they may be, not always, but they may end up being very dramatic when something doesn't go their way. You know, and if, if a friend or family member acts like this, you know, it's best to avoid them and just let them. I heard a comedian years ago talk about, you know, how I'm not going to say who it was, but how he would have a certain family member do just that. And he, and he described it as, oh, just let them spin Kind of like a top, you like, and he's like, and eventually they'll wear out and come back to earth, and then you can talk to them again. It's like that's kind of how entitled people are, where they just they spin, you know. And and what happens is if you try to address them when they're spinning, you know, first of all, you're just going to get hurt. Um, and and what'll happen is they'll they'll try to tear you down. They'll they'll try to bring you down to make themselves look better. And I think a, a good example was we had. Several years ago, we had a joint activity with another family, and it was it was a cool activity that we were going to be doing uh, as part of our family, and their their family was was joining us, and this the the mother of this yeah, other family yeah it was family, a scheduling it was a scheduling issue where it was something we we both had to schedule at the same time right the facilities and yeah and I said hey I, I need a later time my sons have a football game that morning and they had you know they pay for their own football it's very expensive there's only a couple of games in the season there's eight, eight yeah games there's a year. eight games and and if you work really hard to do that so I'm like oh you know what? The later time's better. And then she ended up throwing a huge tantrum and saying she she wanted the earlier time. And, and, and there was somebody trying to coordinate between the two of us. And to schedule the facilities. To schedule yeah. it. And I talked to her, and it turned out she wanted to throw a, a birthday party for her Wait, son. The, per, the other person trying to... The, the other mom. The other mom. Right. Um, it was her son's birthday that day, and she had decided she wanted to throw a party, and it, it, so she wanted to move the time to the morning, and she hadn't sent out cards yet. She hadn't planned the party yet, but wasn't willing to like consider that we had something going on. We already on did have plans. Where it would have been just as easy for her to schedule it in the morning, because I'm like, well, I can do it later in the evening. I can do it anytime after 12 o'clock. I can do this thing, you know, and we mm-hmm. can schedule this together. And she threw a big tantrum over something she hadn't even planned. She hadn't sent out invitations. She hadn't planned the party. She hadn't scheduled. And and she still gives me the cold shoulder over it. And it's like, Which is funny oh. because, by the way, uh, both of our boys had... Uh, we're friends. We're friends. And so, yeah, so she didn't invite us to the party. Didn't they had invite- the party, but did, made sure not to invite us. So yeah. it was... I mean, that is, um, that, that's, a, that's a telltale sign and has never entitled. And there he's you go. never invited us since. So yeah. it's, it, but it, it's just a tantrum. So 
That, that's number eight. If you feel that you have to give, uh, if you feel like you have to throw a tantrum if you don't get what you want, you might just be entitled. Number nine, people who are entitled act like victims and blame other people or outside forces for their problems. Oh my goodness, yes. If someone in, if someone in your life regularly feels like something bad is always happening to them, they may have a sense of entitlement. Not always. Some people just have really bad luck and sometimes the bad things just do happen to people. But what happens is if, if they're entitled, people with this attitude believe the world owes them and that other people are responsible for their happiness. And this is such a dangerous mentality, Hannah, where if anything goes wrong, it's everybody else's fault. But if everything goes right, oh, they take all the credit. But it, when things go wrong, and Hannah, let's just face it, there's reality, there's life. Things are going to go wrong. Um, what, what do you do? It's your life is dependent on other people. Like your happiness is dependent on other people. You can't be happy without other people doing what you want and satisfying your happiness. Like what a, well, that's just a un, very unhealthy relationship. I can't imagine having that sort of relationship with you or anybody, but I think a good example would be, you know, um, we, we had a, we had a coworker who it came out that he had a pretty major addiction and it affected everybody at the company and it was really devastating. And this guy, this, this coworker ended up embezzling money to fund his addiction. And he, he hurt a lot of people in the process. And eventually, you know, after it all, you know, all came out of what he was doing, you know, we talked to him about it. We're like, Hey man, what, this isn't cool. What, what you're doing here, <laughs> it's my surprise. And I was really shocked at this instead of going, yeah, man, I, I, I'm trying to get help or I don't know what to do. Or instead of that, he, go, he goes, he turns to me and he goes, well, if you had been more supportive, I wouldn't have had this problem. And he also threatened to sue. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? And it was like, if, wait. If somehow I, your addiction <laughs> is my problem? And you're going to sue other people after you stole their money? Like, like it was like, it was a wait, joke. But, but again, intensely entitled. <laughs> and so if you act like a victim and blame other people or outside forces for your problems, you might just be entitled. And then number 10, the last one in our list is entitled people constantly need praise and admiration from others for their self-esteem and self-worth. Boy, is this an issue because a, sen a sense of entitlement goes hand in hand with narcissism because people, th these are people who are focused only on thinking about themselves and what, what makes them feel good. And they they're demand, they don't just need praise because I think everybody needs praise. Everyone needs recognition. No, they demand it. And they demand praise and attention from pretty much everybody or they can't function. So my kids have played sports and my son, when he was, uh, one of my sons, when he was very young, it just so happened that his team made it to the championship game. Mm. And to my surprise, their team won the championship He's game. been on two championship teams. I know, teams. but he was like five years old. I'm like, oh, what's the what's the luck? It wasn't anything my son did. It was, it was the rest of the team. And they... The second time he actually was involved more. But yeah, the first yeah, time, yeah. no, no, just no, happened to was, be on a good team. He happened to be on the team that made it to the championship. Anyway, so afterwards, there was a sweatshirt and shirt booth that everybody who uh, was on the championship team could go over and have a, a sh it printed on the shirt that they, they were the district champions. Oh, that's cool. 
And and then it had the names of everyone on both sides of the team. And then they, they put champion. Hey, your team, you were the champions. And they could wear the sweatshirt and the shirt with pride of, hey, they won mm. that year. They were the champs. So they were customizing it right there. Yeah. Right there. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was really cool. And so there was this lady in line. And it anyway, I, I don't know how it came out, but it, it turned out the, the guy asked her like what her son's name was. And it turned out he was on the losing team. Like, yeah, they it, like his team had lost, but she's like, oh, it, it'll make him happy if, he, if he, he wants this shirt so bad and it'll make him happy to have the shirt that says he was the champion. What? Wait, wait, wait. A mom from the losing team bought her I don't know son if it was the grandmother or the mom because she's a little bit shirt? older. Yeah. What? Because because she she knew he wanted the shirt and he wanted to show his friends that he was the champion. But he wasn't. Even though he wasn't. What? And so she's like, it'll make him feel good. But it won't. That's but, a, it's uh, a lie. Yeah, yeah. Lies don't make you feel and, good. Um, like, and, and then, of course, it, the, the new thing of everybody needs a trophy, right? Okay, the, okay no, no, no. I, I've got the got cake this. here. Okay. I've got the cake here. So it drives me nuts. It's the, like, it's the trophy mentality. Yeah. Number uh, 10. Okay, number 10. And, and here's a confession. On my part, when I was a kid, I was I had to get the awards. I was one of those kids who would work to get the trophy, to get the certificate, to get the award, and I'd kill myself doing it. Like, and I, I just had to get every award, and it became addicting. Where I, you know, my self esteem began to. I, I wasn't even enjoying the awards because as soon as I'd, I'd walk down from the stage with the reward in my hand, I was thinking, oh, well, how can I get the next reward? Because it was like I was basing my value off of getting these right. rewards but and that, achieving. But, that, but that's a different malady. Yeah, yeah, getting this recognition. Well, well, now you have everybody needing this recognition and they didn't even do the work to get there. And so it's like, I, I, like it's it's like this lie where all these kids, you know, oh, that's my trophy from here and that's my trophy from here. And they have like boxes of trophies, mm-hmm. boxes and boxes of trophies that don't mean anything. 16th, um, but 16th it's place. it's to make them feel good, right? And it's just annoying. It's it's annoying. Um, I, I'm going to agree. That mentality, Hannah, is very annoying. Everyone gets a trophy. Everyone's a winner. No. Well, I, I, I don't. That's, that's I, I wish true. I could. Can I? Can I sign up for this team and my son not get a trophy unless we actually win? Like, can we like lower the price and just <laughs> play the game and quit pretending that oh, they're trophy, champions? These trophy companies oh, are behind but they, this. Oh, they like the trophy. They need the trophy. No, okay, there it is. That, confusing oh, me. Oh my with goodness! Um, I don't think most of the parents like this, but whatever. Some of them do. No, and no, it's, Hannah. It's a big scheme by the trophy making companies. <laughs> yeah, they're promoting this. So. One year, my son, the one who had been on the championships team, a couple years later, he was on another team, and they were terrible. They're, the team, they, they did not make a touchdown the entire year. They certainly didn't win a game the entire year. When the season was over, they had their party. My son came home with six trophies. So they decided, hey, these kids feel really bad. They feel terrible. And so they had this whole ceremony about how great they were, how well they had done. And instead of giving one trophy to make up for the fact that, that they were really, really terrible, they my son came home with six trophies. Now I'm saying trophies, some of them were metal, like a, like a medal to hang around his neck, but you would have thought he had won the Olympics. Yes. I mean, 
Uh, but it's um, it, it was laughable. It was just it was just ridiculous. The other kids seemed to really be enjoying it. Like wow. Yeah. And it's all it's all a ruse. But it's, but it's it, like this disconnect from reality, yeah. and it, it, I'm like, this is messed up. <laughs> and it's unfortunate when parents are the ones really promoting this mentality because it's not yeah. helpful. So that's number that's number ten. Uh, and the last one in our list is, if you constantly need praise and admiration from others in order to feel good about yourself, you might just be entitled. Okay. So having said that, having listed kind of those ten talking points when it comes to entitlement, I think it'd be now's a great time to kind of come up with a, a working definition of what, okay, if you were to put it in like a couple of words, like a simple definition of entitlement, here it is. Entitlement is nothing, a sense of entitlement is, is simply, it, it's, a, it's a personality characteristic based on the belief that someone deserves special treatment or recognition for something they didn't earn. In other words, people who are entitled believe the world owes them without ever giving anything in return. That's it. That's entitlement. And that's... Um, that and you, that's that the, you deserve something you haven't worked for. Um, and that's the definition that we got from the website verywellmind.com. Right. Yep. That's their definition. And, um, and I think it's 100% correct. It's people who think they deserve something they haven't worked for. You, and it, it's like I show up at a piano concert expecting to be able to play and everyone love me having never practiced. Well, that's a ridiculous expectation. But that's that's what it is. And it's... If you break it down, it becomes really, it, it becomes laughably ridiculous, but most people don't break it down. And a lot of people have these entitled mentalities. And so it's really, it's really dangerous. And so it's good that we have, you know, this, uh, this definition of basically you owe me. Entitlement is simply you owe me. There it is. Three words. Entitlement is you owe me. And it's also intensely f- selfish, you know, me first. So, but I think Hannah, this isn't a new idea. No, this is not a new concept. No, no. Okay, the entitlement. It's like this new buzzword that we're hearing. Entitlement. The entitlement. Um, and kids entitled. and The entitlement all, generation. Yeah. The entitlement fallacy. The entitlement paradox. Yeah, We hear it all the time. We you'll, hear it. You'll see in this, the news and the, ra- the yeah, uh, newspaper and, and articles. and You'll hear people talking about what, what do we do about this entitlement. Like, well, it's, a, like it's a plague like it's, or something? Yeah, yeah there's like, this new thing. Oh, maybe we can develop a, a serum that will counteract entitlement. Yeah. Well, what's funny about it is entitlement is not new. It's not a new concept. It's not a new thing. It's just a different word of something that we we used to use a different word for it. And the word we used to use instead of entitled was, hey, that kid's spoiled. Okay. Ah, that kid's spoiled. And, and everybody knew what it meant. And they also knew what caused it. There was a uh, it, it was the kid who typically didn't have any siblings, so they didn't have to share anything with anybody. Mm-hmm. And the parents gave them everything. Oh, you don't give your kids everything. It'll spoil them. That's something, you know, my grandmother would have said. Yeah. Oh, don't give your kids everything. It'll spoil them. Uh, it's the same thing. Only don't na- give your kids everything or it'll, they'll get entitled. Only now we're hearing <laughs> the exact opposite, that parents who don't give their kids everything are bad parents. So, like you, you as a parent are expected to give your kid everything, and then we act surprised when there's entitlement. Yeah, well, but, there it is. But your grandmother knew that if you give your kid everything, it'll spoil them. Okay. <laughs> Yet now we're being told you better give your kid everything, or you're not a good parent. No, grandma would tell you, no, you're going to spoil them, and that's exactly what's happening. 
a lot of with this new mentality, if you buy into it, your kids are going to get spoiled. They're going to start becoming entitled, which is the same thing as spoiled. And, and here's the problem. And we kind of touched on this before, but here's the problem that has a major impact personally in the family, but also in society where the, the people who are entitled are in constant conflict with others because they only care about themselves and their supposed needs, which are just wants, and what, they, um, what, what they're focused on. And, and so they are constantly disappointed. They, are chron- they have chronically unmet expectations, these people who are, who are entitled, and they suffer from depression more than any other generation because all their needs are not being met by other people who should be kowtowing to them. Like the world, they view the world as their personal pool of servants. And the servants aren't doing what they expect. And so they're depressed about it. It's very upsetting. You know, back when I used to read the newspaper a bit more, like um, the more the crime stuff, like I, mm-hmm. I, I since only like would read like the Wall Street Journal now because I don't want to read all the about all the yucky crime things. Uh, but I once noticed that when people went on like shootings, mm-hmm. like school shootings and stuff at college campuses and other shootings, I. I read like the interviews of them and I I know there are a lot of issues, but one thing that I noticed is that a lot of times they had a victim attitude. Right. Where they felt intensely sorry for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. so, and and to the point where if you ask them like about like they had- The world had wronged them. Yes, Yes. they were so swallowed up in feeling sorry for themselves that they had no room to think- about anyone else. And since then, I've noticed that some of the harshest people, some of the harshest people are the people who uh, feel the most sorry for themselves. And that's an entitled mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's just it, Hannah. And this is another one of the, they're basically, uh, uh, we kind of listed like four of the problems. Number one was, you know, these entitled people are in constant conflict with others. Number two, they're chronically disappointed and suffer from, you know, depression and unmet expectations. Number three, they are angry at the world. They see themselves as superior and therefore anything that challenges that with that that, that view of theirs is met with with defensiveness and anger. And then, of course, number four, uh, kind of uh, corollary to number one is that they're the worst bosses. They're the worst husbands, the worst wives, the worst friends. The, wor- the, the worst members of society because they don't care about anybody but themselves and that everyone else- And their needs. <laughs> is what, and their supposed needs because everyone else should be serving them. Now, before we get into the solution to all these, you know, these 10 problems that they mentioned earlier, uh, I just want to take a quick, quick moment and just go, what are we actually entitled to? Just real quick, are we entitled to anything? And I'm going to say, yeah, absolutely. What are we actually entitled to? Well, I, I was talking to a relative once who vehemently disagreed with the entire money pants philosophy. And she said, parents have a responsibility to provide their children with everything. It's the job of the parents to give their children everything. And I was like, oh, really? And she's like, oh, yeah. Children have a right to food and clothing and medical care and soccer. And I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Wait, wait, I'm sorry, back up, what? And she's like, oh, yeah. They have a right to schooling and designer clothes. And I'm like, what? No, they don't. They don't have a right to those things. And here's the problem. She was she was correct in some aspects where, yeah, it, children do have a right to food and a right to loving parents and all that. You know, and John and John Locke, the philosopher, said it very clearly. You know, everybody has the right to life, liberty, and property, but that's for adults. You know, children 
are slightly different in that they're dependent on their parents. And they, well, let's put it this way, Hannah. Infants are 100% dependent on their parents for everything. And because of that, actually, they do have the right to expect their parents to care for them. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to feed them, to clothe them, to, to, to move them, to, to change them, to keep them clean, you know. But as children grow, that changes. And as they slowly become more capable for caring for themselves, uh, even to the point where, and, and we've kind of arbitrarily chose age 18, where they suddenly become an adult. But basically the idea is as children grow until about age 18, um, they slowly become more and more capable and less and less dependent. And by the time they, they leave home around age 18, it's time for them to completely care for themselves. Well, it's amazing to me is that we talk about 18-year-olds as becoming adults as if you flick a switch. Like at 12.01 on your birthday, you suddenly become mature and unentitled and can take care of yourself. And it's like, that's not true. Becoming an adult is a process, not an event. It doesn't just magically happen when you turn 18. Oh, hey, good luck. Well, guess what? The magical, the magical wisdom fairy, the maturity fairy visited me last night on my 18th birthday and has endowed me with wisdom and knowledge. And I'm, and I'm an adult mom and dad. Isn't that great? Oh, we're so <laughs> happy for you. I never thought it would happen. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. doesn't work that way. Um, the, the trick is to increase responsibility gradually and to increase that responsibility in an age-appropriate way. And so I, I found a great quote. Online. You don't want to. You don't want to keep treating your child as an infant until the point that they're eighteen. Yeah. What if you're still wiping your child's bum when they're ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen years old? Like, um, yeah, you that's don't wanna, weird. You don't want to keep doing everything. But basically, you're your emotion. You're still emotionally wiping your child's bum and changing their emotional diapers if you never give them the opportunity to grow up. And that's what entitlement is. Yeah. It's a bunch of emotionally. Infants, emotional yeah, infants. Yeah, and you don't want to. You don't want to do it suddenly. You don't want to do it all at once. Yeah, because it doesn't doesn't just magically happen. Yeah, it, it's a you, process. You don't want to. Uh, if if somebody's that dependent on you, they that means that they don't know how to do those things, mm-hmm. and so you have to teach them and give them responsibility little by little. Well, that um, now you're talking solutions, Hannah. We're yeah. gonna, we'll get to okay. that in a second, but you're absolutely right. The the trick. The, the, the antithesis of, of entitlement is responsibility. We'll talk about that in a second. So, But I found a great quote about the, the rights of children. And it says this, uh, Children are entitled to birth within the bonds of matrimony, to be reared by a father and a mother who honor mar- marital vows with complete fidelity, and a husband and wife have a solemn responsibility to love and care for each other and for their children. And this I thought was cool. It says, Parents have a sacred duty to rear their children in love, to provide for their physical and spiritual needs, and to teach them to love and serve one another, observe the commandments of God, and be law-abiding citizens wherever they live. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's it. Children are entitled to birth uh, to a loving mother and father, who in turn are supposed to teach their children to be mature and, and to grow up and to and to do so in a loving way. That's, yeah. that's And they provide for their physical and spiritual needs. Yep. So parents are supposed to make sure their kids have, you know, food to eat and clothes to wear and a place to stay. And after that, I don't remember where it said that they were supposed to pay for their soccer. Let me double check. Yep, it's not in there. There's no mention of soccer or even education or electronics or video games well, or designer Well, I mean, think jeans. about it. There are good parents in third world countries. Good parents aren't... 
only found in in America. No, no, no. Only rich parents are good parents, Hannah. I think we've been very clear on this. <laughs> there are many good parents in countries where they don't have access to. How can all they be good the parents? How's that possible? Designer clothes, hmm. or yeah. Oh, because they're raising their kids in kindness and teaching them to give have responsibility and to care for others. And, yeah, and, and they're doing, and they're doing yeah. the best they can to provide for their physical needs, yeah. which are clothing and food and shelter. Okay, and so in the last couple of minutes here, Hannah, we're just going to plow through this. How does money pants cure, or ideally prevent entitlement? And we had those ten ways to determine it. You, you might know you're entitled. Here are the ten solutions. Number one, uh, people who are entitled don't know how to work or actually do anything themselves. Well, here's the solution: work. <laughs> you work for what you get. You know, with money, with the money pants program, kids are still getting a lot of stuff for free. They're still getting electricity and running water and food and healthcare and a bed and room and tables and chairs and toilet paper and heating and air conditioning. But the kids still need to work for those those extra things that they want, like soccer, like the designer clothes, like the uh, movie tickets. We're just we're taking just a tiny sliver uh, from the family's discretionary money and letting the kids earn that. You're not spoiling your kids. By t- take it back a notch. Don't give your kids everything. Don't let them get spoiled. Let them have stuff to work for. And we've had moms come to us going, I had, uh, who've started the program, and they're like, I had no idea my eight year old was so capable. And we're like, yeah, because they are. And it's so healthy for them. So that's number one. Put them to work. That'll, that'll solve the, the entitlement problem, number one. Problem number two was entitled people can't distinguish between their needs and wants. Well, You've got to delineate between what needs and wants are. And this actually kind of boils down to the parents. Hannah, the parents are the ones who they set up the program. And again, money pants siphons off just a tiny portion of the family's discretionary money, which is money for wants, the stuff that isn't necessary for life. We're not expecting our kids to learn to, to earn and to pay for the mortgage or pay the electric bill or the water bill or for their health care. Nope. We're just siphoning off some of that discretionary money. And letting the kids earn it. Now you might say, "Well, I thought you had them earn. Uh, I thought you have them earn their clothing." Yeah, we do. But you know what's interesting? You can get clothes for free. The kids don't need designer clothes. You can go to uh, uh, you can go to Goodwill and get clothes for pennies. You know, so th- this idea that uh, it's the parents' job or the responsibility to provide their kids with clothes—that's true. But it's not their job to buy designer clothes or expensive clothes. Yeah, so, you can buy perfectly um, modern, clean, nice clothes at a very, very low price. And so, yeah, that's why that clothing is there, because how much you spend on clothing is discretionary. Yes. And, and so that's where the discretionary part of clothing comes from. There's there's a $2 pair of jeans and there's a $200 pair of jeans. I mean, and then as far as like medical care, I will say that there is some medical care that I do have my kids earn. And that's when my kids are old enough to get a job. The first thing they earn money for is braces <laughs> yes. yeah don't because pay it's discretionary. yeah it, it, it is discretionary yeah you know if your teeth aren't aligned you're you know maybe you know your teeth will wear out prematurely there are some medical issues but mostly it's cosmetic yep. 
And it's a great motivator for teenagers who worry about how they look for them to get a job, work hard, and not end up on in retirement because they have all this money. Ah, teenage retirement, yeah, yes. It's a great way for them to spend their money because if you let them get a job and they don't have anything to spend it on, pretty soon they're like, yeah, I don't have to do anything. I've got thousands of dollars yep. in my back pocket. Well, guess what? The answer to your prayers there are braces. Braces yeah. <laughs> cost, on average, about $5,000. Or, or encourage them to buy a car and then have them pay for their own insurance and, and gas, gas and repairs. Yes. They'll, have, they'll be broke in no time. It's a godsend, okay? <laughs> don't don't go, oh, poor them. Just don't rescue no. them. Don't rescue Don't rescue them. We, It'll we, be for your benefit. We did a whole Trust podcast me. about the, the three M's, one of them being mobility. And we, we talk about that at length, where it's a it's a great boon to give your to let your kids buy their own car. It's a reality check. They they spend all their money. They they have repairs that they have to pay for. They have gas and insurance, and all of a sudden they're coming to you, going, "I need money. What can I do to help around the house?" It's really cool. It's, it's wonderful. So, so so with medical, I, I I am going to exclude cosmetic things like braces. Yeah, we put that in the discretionary yeah. and and I highly recommend that you do as well. It, it will actually be wonderful for for you, for the family. Mm-hmm. It'll stretch the family budget. It, it's just have, good in so many ways. And if they ways. have perfect teeth, have them buy a car. Okay. So and that's just it. So if if your if your child can't distinguish between needs and wants, implement money pants. And that's the neat thing is because uh, the other reason why it works is because they they have limited resources. Meaning they the amount of money they have to spend is how much they have earned. And so they recognize, oh, all of a sudden, the things they thought were needs, they realize those are wants. Oh, I really wanted those nice jeans, but I only have $50 and I still have to buy these other things too. Hmm, those $200 pair of jeans, that's not a need anymore. I don't need that. (laughs) So it's really cool how it works. Number three, uh, the problem is that entitled people feel they deserve more than they have in life. And that, well, with money pants, their success is 100% up to them. There's, you're actually not allowed to do their jobs for them. It, it's that not part of the program. And so when you're at the store, for example, and they're like, get me this and get me that, all you have, it's really simple. All you say is, oh, well, did you bring your money? Yeah. You put, it, it, it puts the responsibility, it shifts it. And so, yeah, I don't, I, I don't uh, have that at the store. Nope, Kids ever. Going, it's been years, Hannah. It's been a long time. Buy me time. this, buy me that, buy me this, buy me that. Yeah. Nope. And the kid. Or, that that or doesn't the, happen. The person realizes, oh, it's up to me. My success is up to me. Oh, wait a minute. My success is up to me? I can't rely on somebody else for my happiness? Boy, what a great lesson that teaches. Okay. Number four, uh, entitled people are not grateful for what they have. Well, guess what? They're going to develop gratitude because with money pants, they now have a clear understanding of how much work it takes to get something. They understand the economy of labor. They work all week they work really hard. They do their job every day and they, and they earn their habit bonus and their job bonus and, the, and they made $20. And they're like, wait, oh, uh, that's only $20. I, I'm going to have to work really hard to earn the 150 that I need for this thing that I want. And all of a sudden they develop a, a sense of the economy of labor where labor equates money and how much labor equates to how much money. Because if they've never had to work for, for anything or pay for anything themselves, they don't know. How could you possibly know? How could you expect a kid to know what the value of something is? They hear numbers like, oh, that's $100. That's $100,000. That's $50. That's $2,000. They don't know. But as soon as they have earned their first 
$100 or $1,000 working either at McDonald's or at home, all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, I understand what $1,000 means. It means every weekend from uh, eight hours on, on my Saturday for six months to earn that $1,000. Ah, $1,000 now means something. And now when somebody buys them something, oh, this is so cool. When somebody buys them something or gives them a gift that's worth it and they know it's worth $20, they are grateful because they know how much that's worth. And it's really neat. So um, empathy suddenly becomes a, a, a part of who they are once you implement money pants and have them start earning their own things. Okay, number five. Entitled people feel like people should do things for them because of who they are or how much power or money they have and that the rules don't apply to them. Well, money pants is all about teamwork, Hannah. It inherently gets rid of selfishness. Everyone has to do their part. And and they, mom and dad are no, no longer the slaves of the children. Mom is not the family maid and nobody's immune from work. If you it's all set up. It's very clear. If you don't do your job, you don't get privileges. If you don't, uh, if you don't do your job, you don't get to go to the social activities. If you don't do your job, you don't get uh, the the extra treats. You don't get the movie night or the or the the treat for for when we go out to eat or whatever it is. Or you, you have to pay a substitute out of your own pocket. And it's you le- your responsibility. And you learn really quick. You are not special, which is so funny because we talk about how everyone is special, but when it comes to work. Nobody is immune. You're not special in that, spe- in that aspect. You're not more special than the people around you. They're special too. <laughs> and if you think you're special and that you don't have to work with money pants, you'll quickly discover that that mentality doesn't pay, literally. Because on payday, which happens every week, you'll have nothing. You'll, you'll earn nothing. You have no money on payday. And all of a sudden, you'll, you'll see that, oh, wait, football is not going to happen for me this year. Oh, uh, the movie tickets aren't going to happen this year. Oh, swim team. Oh, uh, uh, date money. Oh my gosh, I better get to work. Yeah, so, and and by special we mean if you think you're the exception. Yes. If you think you're above the rules. If if you're the exception, yeah, you'll find out real fast you're not the exception. <laughs> Number six, entitled people think they deserve special treatment because they're better than other people. Well, unlike my coworker who loved to cherry pick, that's not how money pants works. Nobody is above anybody else. You it, with the money pants system, you you are not better than anyone you else. You don't cherry pick your job. You don't, yep. Um, and everybody everybody ends up having to clean the toilet for a year. Yep. You know, everyone in the family ends up having to do the dishes. Everyone has to um, have their year where they clean up all the dog poop. Boy, you isn't know, that, that's wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> that is so great. Oh no, I only do vacuuming. Nope. You also pick up dog poop. I once you know? had I once had a guy tell me he pointed to his hands and goes, "These are thinking man's hands," meaning he didn't do manual labor. He didn't, and quite frankly, he was a total schmuck. This guy refused to do any sort of manual labor. Any he would never clean. He never cleaned a toilet. Never wa- uh, washed a dish. Never never helped anybody fix a fence. Like he refused to do any sort of work. Because he thought that his he was special and he was he was the exception and boy that that mentality really rankles me something fierce. It's so, like that little mouse in the book. He's like, oh, oh no no no! I use my brain to think of Art. creative things. You guys gather the food. I'm above you. Yeah, I'm an artist. <laughs> I'm an artist. I, I don't do what you guys do. And yeah, money and then, pants. And well, no. And then the the way the book ends is then there was the big famine and they ate him. No. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding that's not how the book ends but that's how it should have ended um, okay so 
when it comes to money pants, there's no cherry picking. And if you think you deserve special treatment, that mentality is going to go, go away really quick. Okay, number seven. The people who are entitled, they think that their needs come before everyone else's needs. And it's this me first mentality. Well, again, money pants has a very simple solution to that. And that's it's actually built in where right off the bat on payday, you give 10% of your earnings to those who are less fortunate. We call that tithing. Um or, and donations where you are literally putting other people first right off the bat every week when you do payday and you take that money and you help somebody. And it's amazing to me, Hannah, that the people who actively live this concept of tithing are the most generous people on the planet. So Yeah, well, and then the other thing is with, with money pants, when you create your habits, there are 10 spots for putting in habits and you're encouraged to pick habits from different categories. So you want to pick physical, um, make physical goals. You want to pick academic goals, but two of the categories, you want to pick spiritual goals and you want to pick social goals. So you want to pick two spiritual goals maybe, or, or, or at least one social goal, one spiritual goal. And so, you know, for a spiritual goal that might, you know, which uh, by spiritual, it means increasing your relationship with God. Yeah. Spiritual is about improving your relationship with God. And so you might make the goal to read the scriptures. And as you read the scriptures, you know, it, like let's say you or your kids, you're reading the scriptures, you're going to learn about, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You're going to learn uh, about the love God has for you and the love he has for others. And 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 that... You, I think the whole world would do it really well if they just read the first four books of the New Testament. Just read the words of Jesus where he says, like you said, the golden rule, te- treating others the way you'd want to be treated. Whosoever, whosoever among you shall be the greatest shall be your servant. Hmm. Yeah. Boy, wouldn't that go a long way? Or, or, and then, of course, you know, the, the parable of, the, of, of the, the Good Samaritan, you know, whoso have done it to the least of these had done it unto me, you know, that, yes. that whole idea. And then, and then also, That's like, a separate scripture, um, as far as like when you make social goals, maybe you're making um, um, goals about etiquette, you mm-hmm. know, table manners or not gossiping about people or different etiquette goals. Um, well, etiquette is about thinking of others and being yep. considerate of others. others. That's yep. what's at the root First. of those social goals of, of, of good etiquette. And then as a social goal, you can also make goals uh, for doing service kind you know setting a goal like i had one daughter who set a goal of hey i'm going to try to cheer up one person each day at school somebody who looks lonely or something like that and she set that goal and it was incredible the experiences she had um setting that goal but so when we talk about a major deterrent of entitlement is in fact selflessness where you are no longer me first and you're starting to turn outward yeah, start thinking of other people before yourself. So tithing helps, reading your scriptures helps, you know, increasing your relationship with God, learning about God, Etiquette, studying his word, service, um, yep. and then setting goals for yourself for to improve your how you treat others. These are all ways that Money Pants thinks you helps you to start thinking outside of yourself and overcome selfishness. Exactly. So number eight, uh, the, the number eight problem was uh, entitled people they throw tantrums when things don't go their way and they don't get what they want. Well, money pants, we don't <laughs> we don't put up with that. Uh, adult, and here's the thing: children who throw tantrums become adults who throw tantrums. Money pants, we work very hard to nip that in the bud when our when we're raising our children. Uh, that's not that's not acceptable. 
if something doesn't go your way, you need to learn to communicate. You need to talk it out. You need to um, be be cordial and straightforward and honest and and uh, no manipulation. I think your family had yeah, the no, phrase no talking back. No manipulative <laughs> crying was yeah. your dad's thing. But <laughs> but th- we we have fees to help with that. Yeah, because we do. We expect immediate and exact obedience. Yeah. Well, for example, if we've listened to a problem as a parent and we've come to the the you know decided on the solution like like say there's a fight if a child were after that to after that like throw a tantrum and go wow well that's stupid and you know um start slamming the door or something like that that's where fees come in and you smile and say well i'm sorry you made that choice uh, but it's going to cost you a dollar yeah or whatever the fee and if may it be. continues it, that will double to two dollars you know and that's how the fees and then if the it continues work. again you know it, it doubles again and then and that's then the end of social privileges. Yeah, yeah, your privileges are revoked for the day if Whoops. it continues. Yeah. So, um, so because a, these are very effective to, to kind of implement the if-then principle. It's a great deterrent. If you choose to do that, then this is what's going to happen. No if more you t- choose to do this, um, you can earn a reward, and this is what's going to happen. No more tantrums. And, and you let them decide. Say, it's it, here are your choices. You decide. And you're not getting angry as the parent. You're emotionally yeah. divested from the scene. It's their choice. If they want to spend all their money on fees, hey, knock yourself out. So, uh, and then number nine, uh, people who are entitled, they act like victims and blame other people or outside forces on their problems. Well, okay, Money Pants is the absolute antithesis of this because it's all about developing your skills, your abilities, and and, and developing your maturity. Your abilities, and, and yeah. And responsibility. It's, it's you are, very empowering. You are responsible. You, you are assigned a responsibility. We call those stewardships. And man, fulfilling those stewardships is very empowering, Hannah. It's very exciting. And you're not waiting on somebody else to do your job. And that this will happen. When you first start Money Pants, and we've talked about this, kids always wait, expect somehow for their job to get done, that somehow the job fairy will come by and do their job if they wait long enough. And that mentality does. It lasts, you know, somewhere between a few days to a couple of weeks. And then at some point, they're like, I guess the fairy's never coming. And they get to work. And all of a sudden, they get empowered and go, wait a minute. This is way easier than I was making it out to be. And I can do it. The I can do it attitude, Hannah, is so amazing. And you're no longer waiting and relying on others for your happiness. Yeah. And if you're new to money pants, it takes about three months for them to overcome that victim attitude when they get their, their Right. New but it doesn't job. take them three months to learn to work. Yeah. But, but it does take three months for to- them to just embrace it and quit feeling sorry for mm-hmm. themselves. It takes about three months. But when they set, when you set goals and habits for yourself, you start to see that, oh, I can do this. I can learn this. I can overcome this problem. I, it's the I can mentality. Yeah. Yeah, and and all of a sudden you you start uh, like you said you become empowered as you achieve your goals and you see yourself improving. No, stop. There's I don't know that there's anything more enjoyable than achieving a goal that I set for myself. That is so exciting to me, and I know that 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 holds true across the board. Well, I I um, I truly believe that our happiness depends on our on progress. And so this attitude of waiting for others to make you happy and to, you know, where you're depending on others to do things for you, you're not actually progressing. It's a fallacy because you're never going to be truly happy because you're not becoming a better person. You're not progressing. And if you're not progressing, anything else is a counterfeit for that. 
and it, you're, it's not going to result in happiness. And that leads perfectly into the last problem that, that we talked about earlier, and that is number 10. People who are entitled constantly need the praise and admiration from others in order to feel good about themselves. And what happens is we see this a lot is, is people will be arrogant and they, they, they rely on the external accolades. And reality is uh, arrogance is just a counterfeit for confidence because if you use money pants, there's no need to be arrogant. You have all the confidence in the world because you know you can work. You know you can do it. You know you have talent. You have practical skills. You achieve that level of personal excellence. It doesn't mean you're going pro. I don't, you're not going to be a professional toilet cleaner, maybe, but you're not going to be. A, maybe you're not going to be a professional piano player. You're not going to be a professional basketball player. You're not going to be a professional artist, but you become uh, very efficient in your skill set and developing you're not your scared. talents. You're not scared of things. Like uh, when you send your, if you do money pants and you send your kids off to college, they're not going to have that pit in their stomach and, and that fear that of, dread. oh, what am I going to do without my mommy here and my dad mm-hmm. here? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to cook for myself. I don't know how to take care of myself. I don't know how to find my way around. I don't know how to talk to people. Yep. I don't know how to manage these things. No, they're going to have actual confidence because they're like, oh, no, I can do that. They get a job. Oh, yeah, I know how to do that. I know how to work. I, I can do that. Yep. And it's, it's not arrogance. It's just that assurance of, yeah, I've done this before. I can do this. I, I know I can. And, and I guess uh, it, the, the can-do attitude, it, it, it takes over it, the need for somebody else to tell you how great you are because you know internally you're like, of course I am because I can do it and I've already done it and I continue to do it. And, and so instead of having, having, having to have somebody tell you you're wonderful and handing you a trophy, you, you have that internal dialogue already going on. You don't need the trophy. Oh, the trophy's nice. Okay, that's cool. That's great. I'm not downplaying trophies, but confidence, Hannah, and we've defined it before, is doing what you know is right. And when you implement money pants and you're, and you're developing your work ethic and you're, and you're developing respect for others and you're contributing in the home you're and in a team environment and you're taking and accepting and, and, and working on that responsibility, that is confidence. Yeah, that's maturity and that is confidence. And you're, you know, and, you know develop, you're developing your relationship with God. And, and you will come to, what is this? Developing a relationship with God. Come to understanding of your inherent value. Oh, and if you're using money pants, ideally, if you're setting the spiritual goals, at least two spiritual goals, like we recommend, you're developing your relationship with God, whatever that looks like for, for you. And you will come to an understanding of your inherent value that you're no longer relying on trophies and verbal praise because you know you have incredible value simply by virtue of being a child of God. Entitlement just kind of, shrivels away and shrinks away and you realize, oh, I've got a responsibility here. And again, going back to what Jesus taught where where much is given, much is required and you start, and when you're serving other people and you're like, hmm, there are people who are way worse off than me. What's my responsibility? I do need to be serving other people and that makes me happy and I'm able to use my talents to do that and it's a wonderful upward spiral. Yeah, these talents have a purpose that's, yep. that's not just all about me. It's about making the world a better place for everybody. So to kind of wrap it up, that, that, I mean, that's it. But entitlement, as we defined it, was thinking you deserve things that you didn't work for or earn. And money pants is the exact opposite. We say, stop giving your kids everything. Let's just take it back a notch and start letting kids earn some of those things. And by doing that, 
you will find a very quick and effective cure for entitlement. And that's it. Uh, if you like what you hear in this podcast, please tell your friends. They may want to listen to. We may discuss a solution to a problem they're currently struggling with. And if you have a suggestion for a future podcast, go to our website under support and click contact us. Send us an email and we'll get right on it. And that's it for today. Enjoy once again our mystery guest composition. We'll see you next time.